0: hello everyone and welcome back to the future is bilingual podcast today i'm here with jesse and he's going to tell us all about his journey Uh, so jesse please introduce yourself
1: yeah so my name is jesse and i'm originally from pennsylvania in the united states in 2006 i went to south korea to teach english and uh with the intention because i came here to spain to Seville in 2006 Mm -hmm. to visit, fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. It was really difficult for an English teacher, especially an American English teacher, to find work here with no teaching experience, no TEFL certificate. Uh But in South Korea, all you needed to be was a native speaker and have a university degree Mm -hmm. in anything. I checked both of those boxes. So I went to South Korea with the intention to stay there for one year, maybe two years to get experience. It -hmm. turned into seven. I (sighs) stayed there for seven years. And then I came here and I've been living in Spain since 2010.
0: Wow. So that was my dream too. When I first went abroad, I was to, you know, after graduating from university, I was like, okay, now I want to teach English. And I did a certification. It was a TASL certification, like a hundred hours. And I applied to South Korea, but then I also applied to France and I got into the French one. So I ended up going to France, but my dream was to go to South Korea. I've never been. Yes, I was, I had Korean friends in college, which exposed me to the language and I started studying it on my own. So I was like, (laughs) yeah, but then I never got to go. So Okay, during this time,
1: my... I may actually <laughs> turn into sometimes the interviewer. If that happens, just stop me and no say
0: worries. No
1: worries. And questions. But what was it about, I mean, that's usually not the, um, you know, that's the opposite destination than I went, right? I right. Happened, I had Korean friends growing up too. I mm. took martial arts, a Korean martial art, Tang Soo Do. Oh, nice. And um, so I had a familiarity with Korea, but that was like a starting point for me. But that was mm-hmm. the dream did you ever end up making it there
0: i've never been no i got to go to japan with a high school that i was teaching for that we had a we still have this relationship between the two cities um one in hokkaido in the north of japan and then this little tiny uh, town that i was teaching in in massachusetts and so every year we hosted japanese students but every three years a group of us would go um again it was more for them to get english Um, But like every three years we did the cultural stuff, you know, we didn't do Japanese language, but we would have this cultural night every year and they would give a performance every year when they came. And it was just like a really nice cultural exchange. But um, it happened to be before my kids were born, they needed another chaperone and they were like, hey, you're young. You don't have kids. Do do you want to go to Japan? And I was like, "Heck yes, I will go to Japan. Um, And so I've been to Japan, but not to Korea. My sister went. She has... She's a lawyer and all of her friends in law school were Korean. Not all of them, but like most of them. And one of them got married and invited her to a wedding. And I was like, oh, my sister got to go and I didn't get to go. And that was my dream. I was like, take me to the wedding. But um yeah. One day, one day I will go because I do. I really am just fascinated by Korea. I the language I find so beautiful. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about Korea. Yeah. Yeah, I have not had a guest on to talk about South Korea yet, so please tell. Oh no, I did a little bit. Mom Yoshito's wife is Korean, but he's Japanese French, so we focused more on his story.
1: Got it, got Hi. it. Yeah, Korea—it's a fascinating place. It's one of those places that I found that when foreigners go there, they either uh, you know they kind—it's so diff—it's so different from the Western world, and not only that, it's so fascinating and dynamic because it's this interesting fusion between a long history like mm-hmm. 5000 year history plus being very modern and very new very up to date and very young right so what they have now in the modern korea is very young since you know the the korean war essentially right mm-hmm. where they rebuilt and uh, so it's this like this dynamic
0: uh like, tradition with modernity yeah
1: exactly so <laughs> sometimes it's a strange balance and uh and it's so different from western cultures that either foreigners really struggle making it for a year
2: mm-hmm. or
1: they really love it and they don't go back you know, they don't go back to their country or mm. you know they fall in love with someone or whatever. Yeah. Um you know I was in the camp I would was planning to stay for one year, maybe two, if I could make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's just like, before I knew it, my first year was over. I was ready to sign again. Mm-hmm. Before I knew it, I was like taking a different job. I was signing again and then again, and then getting a different job. And it just became my lifestyle. And I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. The Korean people are some of the most hospitable people overall
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I've met in my life. Right? Where, where were I you
0: based? Which side I were was in sitting. Busan. Oh.
1: down south yeah oh, okay and, yeah um, which is even stranger as far as like we're talking about the modern and traditional mix because they were really the only city that wasn't completely destroyed when the north koreans and oh. chinese came down you know to invade mm. before, you know we've pushed them back up and so it was really interesting so i was in busan and i tell korean people you know, whenever I tell Korean people like they're super hospitable, you know, a lot of the times that'll be some of them, you know, most of them will say, Oh, thank you. But some of them will say, Yeah, that's because you're a foreigner.
0: <laughs> like, so so th- between them, they're not as hospitable, but with a foreigner, they're gonna I show hospitality more, more.
1: I think they're still hospitable, but it's like um not as much.
0: They go um, above and beyond for the foreigner. Interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. I did feel um again I didn't really know any Japanese I did a little bit of Pimsler before going but it was the first place I had traveled and I've been to like 12 13 countries where I was just so f- I looked so foreign like I felt like I will never fit in here um you know I've lived in France I've been all over Europe even you know Africa um East Central America but it was like you know, I could probably get by, like I could live in Costa Rica, I could live in some place, but I was like, I don't think I, I don't, I didn't feel that I could actually like ever really get, be an insider. You know what I mean? Cause it was yeah. like, I stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> um, I did not understand the language. So I was like looking around. I had only done Pimsleur, which was the auditory. So I was sitting yeah. in my car driving to work repeating. So just listening, speaking. So I'm like, oh my God, all those signs. I can't even Order ramen because I don't even know on the menu where it says ramen, you know. Like mm-hmm. just I think that is a major hurdle. And I'm I'm someone who loves languages. And yeah, maybe if I'd prepared and, you know, I really knew I was gonna go to Japan and study intensively for a year. But I still feel like I don't know, it was like the only place I traveled that I was like, I don't want I I couldn't live here. Like I would mm-hmm. live anywhere. I would live in Greece, I would live in Morocco, I would live in like any country, but like for some reason Japan was just like I don't think I could live here.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Korea is very yeah. similar. Um, yeah,
0: exactly. I I'd probably have the same, I would have probably the same sentiment. Um, but it's just
1: but there are differences between Japanese and Korean too. So who Oh, knows? for sure. Right. We can't and say they're, they're the same. Something... They're definitely not
0: the same. We recognize yeah. Japan yeah. and Korea are very different,
2: obviously. Yeah.
1: And I think like for some people, I think people would say the opposite, like like oh i couldn't live in korea but i i do well in japan you know mm. some people i can't live in japan but i do well in korea mm. you know so i guess it's like personal experience too and there it right. definitely is that where you stick out and it's kind of yes. kind of like you're a c-level celebrity almost mm. because you get eyeballs you get like kind of like you see in the corner of your eye nudges and mm-hmm. like, oh, it's one of them, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh and you have kids coming up saying hello and hi. And people mm-hmm. like, I've had people grown men asking for me to take their picture with them, take a picture with them. Did you do it? Yeah. <laughs> did you oblige? Yeah, yeah, sure did. Sure and then like one time at the beach, I had someone like, like someone asked like a young younger guy like in his early 20s asked me to take a picture with him and then other people they saw that so I guess they figured I might have been somebody and then they waited in line to get their picture taken with me that felt pretty damn cool to happen once you know to happen every day and be something different but uh it was (laughs) it was it was fun it was cool
0: oh my gosh you embrace
1: those things like that I guess Yeah.
0: yeah yeah if you embrace that and just like all right. Like I stick out and it's fine. It's a um, I also traveled, right? I was in a group with high school students. Um, it was like, you know, a big group of us always going around, not a huge group, but it was like, you know, 10 of us. Um, so that's very different than having the experience of living there you're by yourself. You're going around by yourself. Yeah, I might've felt more comfortable because I don't like the feeling of being a tourist. Like I'd rather yeah. be by myself or with one person and just kind of like as much as I can Blend in, and even if I do stick out and I can't speak the language, but like to be like a mass group of like tourists, like, and I, you know, it's probably very similar. Like, we're like, okay, we got to avoid the trains at a certain hour because it's rush hour, and like every businessman is walking, you know, going to to work. And it's like, we're just in the way because we're this like mass group of like Americans, like blocking, and they're all like trying to rush through. (laughs) It's like, okay, we're going to avoid the trains from this time to this time. I don't know. It was just, our schedule was like, also like by the hour, by the minute, like, here's what we're going to do. I was like, wow. Okay. This is like the Japanese way. Like they were explaining like This is the Japanese way they plan everything to the minute. So like our whole itinerary was like very scheduled. Um, But (laughs) it's just different, right? Different culture. It is.
1: Uh, And uh, that's, uh, you know, I had the same kind of experience in when I visited the Philippines, it was a very structured, very, mm. you know, know it was a tourist group Mm. right so we went and something about koreans when they visit other countries they like going to the korean restaurants so (laughs) the
2: tourist group
1: in the philippines just going from korean restaurant to korean restaurant
0: that's hilarious
1: my friend who was the travel agent i was like it's like why are we in the Philippines and we're only going to Korean restaurants and he's like you know he was the guide. he's like well Korean people like to have Korean restaurants and uh the you comfort know, food <laughs> I guess. and it's one of these things that it, this was curious to me another person overheard us asking you know talking about it and he asked him in Korea and you know uh, probably didn't understand English very well would it what was the question it's like ah uh, he was just asking why we only you know go to korean restaurants rather than go to filipino restaurants and it was like i almost saw a light bulb over the other guy's head like that's true why do we do that mm-hmm. you know it, it was like i think it's just one of these cultural things that you not even conscious yeah. Can, yeah not even conscious
0: interesting i was thinking maybe to support koreans who are abroad like you'd want to like help out your fellow brother like oh we'll frequent your restaurant and give you business or you know something like that you know <laughs> but,
1: no. yeah i don't think it was given doesn't that even much.
0: enter that deep okay no it's just what are we going to eat here's a place that has oh, yeah. bulgogi let's go <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> oh that's great and what about korean did you learn i'm assuming after seven years you must have picked up some yeah food?
1: yeah I was pretty intentional, at especially in the beginning about learning and I've taken classes and mm-hmm. thing. It's funny you mentioned Pimsler. When I first came here to Spain, I used Pimsleur.
2: uh-huh
1: and that got me a lot of the basics and a lot I like of, that I like method
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and it works for some because again, it's auditory. You're just listening and you're repeating, and it's very repetitive, yes. and not all the phrases were great. like i They were asking, like, do you want to have a beer at my place in Japanese? And I was like, I just want to order water. Like, what is the word for water? Why am I learning, like, beer? Like, bira? And I was like, I need mitsu. Like, I don't need this. (laughs) But, like, they teach, like, it's the same exact phrase in every language. That's another thing. If you're a polyglot and you're going to use Pimsleur for different languages, I'm like, okay, now I know this phrase in these six languages because it's literally... It's the same thing translated into every, and they'll they'll mention the cultural, you know aspects that like, oh, this is not you know not normally done or like in this context you should do this. but it is kind of like a the basis there. You know, as like a language teacher and like a <laughs> person who likes languages, I'm like, okay, I see the the method behind this. They just kind of took these set phrases and translated them. Yeah. but no, i I do. I'm it kind of sounds like I'm saying bad things, but I do like the method. I think. I was able to learn enough Japanese where I could go in and greet and ask, Do you speak English? And then say, like, des, like I'm American and blah, 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 <laughs> you know, all the basics.
1: Awesome. As if they didn't
0: know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not from around here.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. But it was fun, you know, and I got to use it. And my colleagues, who are all not language people, were like, Look at her speaking Japanese. And I was like, I'm literally saying, like, Konnichiwa. Like, I'm Ohio, oh, because I must, like, I'm not saying anything. Like, those are like things you can learn in like five minutes, right? But yeah. for them, they didn't even take the five minutes to learn. Good That's morning, just it. And so they were impressed. And I was like, it wasn't really anything. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Korean. And the thing about speaking Korean, which, you know, speaking Korean, let me not give the misconception that i was completely fluent right mm. I, I i was conversational i had korean friends that couldn't speak english That's great. um but it was still like a struggle you know what i mean but
0: i know what you mean <laughs> but,
1: yeah learning korean or japanese too on uh, chinese anything where you know especially they use different characters it feels cool You feel cool when you're using in a friendly, whereas someone is something like Spanish, right? I could not know any Spanish, have a word like pasa and be able to read it at least. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Even if I could would say something like quesa or something. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you can at least read it and Mm. be in the neighborhood. Something like Korean or Japanese to be able to read that.
0: Yeah, it just feels cool. cool. you're on like another level of like yeah i know that this word yeah like just the script
1: even though um, it's completely phonetic
0: it is that's why i love korean korean is like so much easier script wise (laughs) than japanese or or chinese but it is it is fun um just to kind of like yeah i love the writing system i love practicing it i even taught my kids one korean song it's on i think it's like on like a really old instagram somewhere where they're like they sing this song about like um awesome. and like the song about the mom and the, the father and the, the baby bear and how like anyway they love this little song
2: <laughs> awesome
0: it's really cute but like to even like for me like that song is cool because i i know each it's a really simple song but like i can i know what each of the words like each particle you know like oh is like bear and then say is like three and then So like, like there's like a counting particle and then like Han Chipe, like in one house. And like, just for me, like as like a language nerd, you know, to have these really that's that's the level of my Korean. That's it. That's that's all I can do. But but I like to to analyze. Yeah. And then my kids sing it. And I like do these little like, like the, uh, he's like really fat. So I like do this like action with them. And, you know, they just, we Uh, listen to it and they like it and they can sing that one korean song which is really fun <laughs>
1: it is fun and so when the um when gangnam style was big oh yeah and this was during and then also like during the pandemic during the quarantine you know we had certain songs that would play all the time to get animated and stuff and like gangnam style was on there and you know that's kind of repetitive image oh, yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> you get to teach them like and- yeah Yo ja Plus. and like, woman,
0: right? Yo yeah. and I love you. Yeah.
1: Oh uh, yeah, for Yeah, Sarang we should hai. say those. Yeah. Sarang,
0: but like yeah, people don't know that, even though they all know that song. So now exactly. you know so then, is I love you.
1: You get to teach them those little expressions. And then yeah. like, you know, um and yo, which is the greeting, um, a long way to say hello, but that's the greeting. Peace.
0: Yeah, it's like peace. Be like, kind of be, be, peace, be peaceful or something yeah. Yeah. and it's
1: nice. um yeah and it's just it's really cool because it's really fun and my uh, you know now ex-wife their mother made them like little stuffed animals she was like Indonesian for a while and she made them stuffed animals uh-huh. and she named cool. the, the style of stuffed animals she made chingu which is friend right. mm-hmm. and, and it's just it's a cool name so that's one of the benefits of you know just introducing even if your goal isn't to become fluent with your kids mm-hmm. in a foreign language like we're learning sign language together but just from instagram from youtube mm-hmm. with different expressions but to learn those different expressions you're Planting a seed in exactly. their minds and in their hearts when they're young, young, like mm-hmm. five and under, six and under, seven and under, into their hearts and into their almost DNA, into yep. their subconscious of, you know, awareness of other cultures, of other exactly. languages, of of other ways of communicating. And that's yeah. what's beautiful about it, too.
0: Yeah, it's almost, I like to think of it like, if you didn't have awareness of the other, you know, it's very plausible, to live and just be this monolingual, you know, especially in the US, like to never hear another language because our our news, our TV, like it's very easy to just live in a very monolingual English is Mm -hmm. everywhere in my house, in my school. None of my friends speak another language, at least not to me. But it's like we're like chipping away at it a little bit, like, hey, guess what, like putting a little crack, like there's this other language over here, like, Mm -hmm. you know, so that it's not this like monolingual I don't even know what to call it. Like you're in this little like Like dome. Yeah. Like it's kind of like breaking away at it little by little. So yeah, even if it's just a little crack, like, hey, guess what? Some people use their hands to speak. That is super cool, right? And like, there's advantages to that. Like they can say things silently that nobody else understands and be like, hey, this is an awful party. Let's get out of here. And like (laughs) not offend people by saying it out loud. Um, I don't know. You know, there's like, it's just, uh, it's cool to like chip away a little bit at it. Even with my kids, like I'll, tell them like hey you know other cultures eat with their hands all on like they share one plate and they all eat with their hands and my kids are like really and show them pictures I'm like yeah look this is like super normal some people use like leaves and that's their plate um some people you know sit on the ground they don't have like chairs and a table um just to like open up them you know Mm -hmm. their minds and yes there's lots of great books like we have these great books about um this is how we do it, which I always think of this. I always want to sing the song, but there's this a book.
1: We, me too, man. <laughs>
0: I'm like, how do I read this book to my kids without singing this jam? But anyway, there's a you book that shows you different. Don't. You, you can't. Can. You literally can't. <laughs> but it shows how different kids live around the world. So it's like, here's a kid in you know, Iran and here's a kid in Japan and here's a kid in Italy and here's a kid in, you know, I don't even remember, like Colombia, but they're kind of like all over the globe, um, what they wear to school. Where they sleep, um, and it, it's just a really cool book. But yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I just think it's so important because it just normalizes it, so that when they see something different or they hear someone speaking a different language, they're not like, "Oh, what's wrong with that person?" or "Oh, why do they have an accent? Why do they speak?" Well, that's
1: like- weird. Like, that's right? weird. like that's weird. Different. That's bad. Maybe not even that, because they might depend on how young. Like, they might not even think like, "What's wrong with them?" But like, you know, normally. Anything that's weird and different outside of what we're familiar with, we think that it, you know, we're kind of shy away from it.
0: Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, because if everybody speaks a certain way and then they said one person's the outlier, oh, we don't we're gonna we don't want that, right? Like that's yeah. but no, that's that's actually like yeah. the majority, right? So to make that seem very normal is super important. Okay, tell us because you didn't say you mentioned kids, but how old are they?
1: So my kids are seven. Well, Sophia's gonna turn eight this weekend Ooh, and five Dante's five
0: very exciting and
1: you were talking about another advantage advantages of teaching them other languages and sprinkling other languages mm. so sign language for example um we get to say I love you and we do it enough and by the way this with the three fingers uh for is I love you if you put your other your middle finger up and cross that it means I love you very much
0: no it's hard to do okay
1: <laughs> it's hard to do it first so like that you know, adds
0: very much to it
1: yeah 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 because everybody kind of knows this
0: i love that that's so great Yeah,
1: so much right and mm-hmm. um and so i wish that i knew where i learned that so i could give them a shout out but um but it was for someone on youtube or instagram mm-hmm. but anyway so an advantage when we were at like a school performance a school show at my children's school and Dante was playing with his friends and you know I could give him a hug and a kiss and say goodbye when I had to leave I had to go do something and Sophia was watching the talent show that was going on and I was looking for her over there and then we caught eyes and I was like you know I'm gonna go Um, she's like okay I'm like i love you and then she just like raised her hand to like i love you very much there too Aww. and like it's that those kinds of like little sprinkling moments that you never know when you can use them in a practical way for you too
0: 100 percent, and i did baby sign with my kids and it was super useful um because oh. they're at that state yeah i said more but they're at that stage where they they can't say the word you know mm. like their their mouth isn't able to form even though they cognitively can understand it so when kids are frustrated right they can at least sign to you more or milk so yeah i did all the little baby sign and one of my first posts on instagram was my daughter making the sign more but she was saying in polish "więcej, więcej," which means more it was super cute um awesome. but yeah there's so many advantages to it and um I, or you could just learn to speak italian and then you would going to speak i'm just kidding i love italian <laughs> but i do love how they have um and it's not just the i think the italians get most of the credit for the hand gestures but there's a plenty in french i'm sure there's plenty in spain and and different um dialects of spanish and things but yeah it's definitely useful to be like you know what do they do in french they do like let's get out of here Oh, yeah yeah. like there's like little like symbols you can do so that people know um this for them is drunk <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm turning my that. finger turning a fist in front of my nose yeah we would do like he drank too much but they do like yeah. this Il est bourré. <laughs> interesting,
1: interesting yeah
0: so it's fun to teach i sometimes i'm with my higher students would teach some of those just for fun like hey like can you guess what this means
2: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so wait tell us so they are Five and almost eight. Have they lived their whole life in Spain?
2: Yeah. They were born
0: here.
1: Both of them were born here and Mm -hmm. raised here.
0: Okay. How did you raise them? Like, what was the parenting plan? Were you always speaking English?
1: Yeah. So their mother's Spanish. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that it was up to me. And this is great for anyone listening that you are teaching your native language. But you're living in a local language that's not your native language. So let's say like like someone's Mexican raising their kids up in the United States, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it, the, the burden of responsibility is on you <laughs> to yeah. keep your native language. You have to language.
0: recognize. Yeah.
1: Yes. And it's not just going to automatically happen. You know, I've seen like lots of parents that are like, ah, oh, they'll learn like, well, how are they going to learn unless you use it with them and teach them, right? Right. Um, So, and something, so I was very intentional with, you know, that they're raised in a bilingual home Mm -hmm. and that they're going to be bilingual. And and when I say that, I get the feeling that it sounds like, you know, you're authoritarian. You know, we are, we speak multiple languages, but it's nothing like that. Mostly the decision-making and deciding that, they're going to be raised bilingually, it comes up to me, how Mm. I interact with them, not really putting pressure on them. Uh, And what I think we'll probably get into later is like different techniques, different ways that I use. But the biggest thing that I can say to help your children grow up with a bilingual environment is to make the language fun
2: Mm. And make
1: it relevant to them, you know things like this, the "I love you" in sign yeah. language, things like "saronhe," things like "chingu," like their yeah. friend, you know things that are relevant to them. Make the language relevant to them, and mm-hmm. and be consistent with your use, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna feel weird at first, like in the playground, other pe- people, other parents are speaking, let's say English, if you are a mm-hmm. Spanish-speaking person, and you're speaking Spanish with your children. Sometimes some parents can feel like they are, you know, they're kind of like outcasting themselves or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Or their kid, like they're going to embarrass kid, them. or Yeah. You, you worry too much about what other people think. Exactly. Cannot do that in this yeah, case.
1: Because what other people think, or in any case, really. And who cares? Other people think is irrelevant um, yeah. because guess what? If they judge you. Okay, cool. Guess what? Your child's raising raised, being raised to speak multiple languages. <laughs> yeah. I don't you know? let them call
0: me out. People would ask me like, "What, what language is that?" Because I would be speaking Polish. Like, is that Russian? They're like, oh no, it's Polish. But you know, they're that's they're similar. You know, family. Yeah. Um, yeah. It and like it, it would just it invited. Yeah, exactly. It invited questions, and people would be curious. And oh, you know, it's so cute because you know they'd, they'd hear them speaking in a different language, and some people appreciated it. And if someone has something bad to say go ahead, like, I'm ready.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm. I'm willing to bet that most of the time, and maybe even every time, people didn't have bad things to say. Yeah. It's probably like our own imaginations that, like, inflict, our fear. like, mm-hmm. you know, our insecurities, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what happens most of the time.
0: Yeah, well, we do have to say that the dynamic has changed immensely from, let's say, like, 1950s <laughs> to yeah. now where it was shunned and it was yeah. you know shameful to speak another language and the thought was you would you know give your kid an accent and they won't speak English like a true American I'm talking just for the U- United States context I don't know but it's probably similar other places because assimilation yeah. is an issue everywhere where you want your kid to fit in um, but we have at least changed and evolved and I think I think for the most part I also live in the Northeast. Um, you know, not far from Pennsylvania where you're from, and it's much more progressive. So I cannot speak to the entire United States. I don't know what the sentiment is um, in the South, for example, or, you know, the central states and things like that. But I do think it's progressed.
2: more,
1: you know, acceptable, um, multicultural, Mm. you know, and it's funny you say that about the 1950s. One of the reasons that I am helping parents raise bilingual kids is because my grandmother's Mexican, Uh and uh, she was actually a Spanish teacher, but Mm -hmm. none of her kids, my mom, my aunt, uncle, like, they don't speak Spanish, Mm -hmm. so then we don't, you know, but that could have been, like, part of our family culture to be passed down, Um, but it's (sighs) just that she didn't have these skills, she didn't have the support, you know, of her, you know, of my grandfather,
2: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: you know, old school like american but also like not really present um and so and then they divorced in the like 1960s which is was Um. kind of like taboo at the time too Mm -hmm. but um so she didn't have these skills or these tools that you know we have today that or like help like what we're doing the knowledge was
0: not there Yeah. No,
1: there was no support there. So like, you know, and and kids can wear you down. Oh like, yeah. Uh, Daddy, can I have a cookie? No, not right now. Not before. Daddy, can I have a cookie? No, not right now before dinner. Just one. A cookie. <laughs> Just one, please. Come on, just today,
0: just this time.
1: Take this, uh, let me finish it. You know what I mean? Like they can wear you down.
0: Oh, kids are exhausting. I mean, anyone listening to this, whether you're a parent or not, if you have nieces, nephews, if you've babysat, if you've taught, I mean, I think if you've been in a place where there's children, like you get it. I mean, not to the same extent when they're not your own responsibility, but you get it. Kids are exhausting. (laughs) And
2: And, I think patterns also
0: start where you've, you've spoken to them already let's say in English. And you're like, oh, you know, like now they're five. And, you know, they always answer me in English. It's hard to break a pattern. Um, It's Even for ourselves, right? Like that, if that's the pattern that we've done, it's, it's also on us, it's hard on them. It's hard. They're like, I don't understand what you're saying. And then you're just like, okay, I'll just say in English, then like,
2: (laughs) (laughs) we're wasting time
0: here with me saying it three different times.
2: Yeah.
0: There's so many reasons why it's hard. There's so, so many. And I think, It is great that we're talking about this because a lot of people come on and, you know, bless them. They're all wonderful. But they're like, I always speak this language to my kids and now they're fluent and blah, blah. And it's like, okay, that's that's awesome. And like, I wish that was everyone's case. But I do need more episodes where it's like, dang, this was hard. And like, I didn't start early enough. And now my kid only responds in English. And like, let's you know, if there's another different language or for you, your kids are like, I they're always responding in Spanish and I want them to speak English. It's hard. <laughs> it could yeah, be very I mean, hard. I mean, it, it's not um, as like easy going. It's not a smooth sail. It's not a smooth right? sail. There's and bumps. There's setbacks.
1: That's another misconception that people and you know there are excuses everywhere for every situation. There are you know like you said there are bad habits that I mean anyone that has wanted to go to the gym and they'll start on Monday knows the how difficult it is to start a good habit or start to change a habit right
0: and by tuesday you I'll don't want to go
2: <laughs>
1: or monday i don't want to go oh just like oh and then you hit your snooze a few too many times and then oh well i missed the gym i'll start tomorrow and then tomorrow and then well now it's thursday so I i'll just wait till monday friday i'll wait until monday you know what i mean so and uh, it's the same thing with the, talking with our kids um you know there are a common misconception people are like yeah well it's easy for you because you're American and their mother's Spanish so it's easy and it's like yeah Yeah. in some aspects it's easier than what you have in other aspects guess what your situation is easier than mine because guess what if you're communicating in English and your native language is Spanish or your native language is Korean or whatever like you have that um experience of learning another language in a to a proficient level or to an intermediate level whatever mm-hmm. but like you have that experience so it's like every situation has its own challenges and has its own easy points it comes down to making a decision
0: like yeah. are you gonna and make sticking to it
1: and sticking that's what it is yeah. That, yeah exactly it's so
0: simple but it's so hard
1: yeah we yeah. can boil it's it down
0: simple. to that but it's the every day
2: decision.
1: It implies sticking to it, right. Or else it's not a decision or else it's like a a a good idea or something, but like making a decision and yeah, going by that decision and, and um, also giving yourself grace
2: Mm. because
1: there are so many times like going to the gym, you go three days and then you miss, you know, Thursday, you, you know, you haven't formed that habit. So Thursday you miss. Be like, well, I better back on. start again Monday. No, give yourself grace. Okay, today was today. One day, it's okay to miss. Two days, you're starting to have it, right? right? So, um, and I do that with journaling too. Mm. Like give yourself grace and the flexibility to, you know, not be militant with yourself and not be militant with your kids, but also keeping that eye on the target that you want bilingual mm. kids. You want multilingual kids. If you're listening to the show, that's what you want. And uh, yeah. And, um, so what's the most efficient way to get there, but make it fun, do activities together, uh, play target language in the house.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, we talked about Korean earlier. Mm. Um, play music for that target language in the house, play music for other languages in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I used to do to, because we're in Spain. Mm-hmm. So of course, and I have uh, I had a uh, like TV goes on in English. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. But you know, when Sophia was two, two and a half, three you know, all of her friends, like in daycare, they were watching things in Spanish. They were watching a in Spanish. Everything is Spanish. So of course she wants like TV on in Spanish. And, but she, her weakness was, she didn't say, I want Spanish. She said, English, no, Uh English, no. And so (laughs) I didn't want to say English. Yes. Like you don't want to cause that combative relationship with the language you want. Right? right. It's not this enforcing because that what gets like pressed gets like resisted. Persistent exactly. It's resisted. Right? So I, didn't, I knew that much. I didn't want to push that. Right. So I was like, how am I going to do this? And I thought, OK. We don't have to watch it in English. We don't have to watch like Masha and the Bear or whatever. Oh, English. yeah. <laughs> but we can't watch it in Spanish either because mm-hmm. you have Spanish outside all the time. Mm -hmm. so we have on netflix a whole list of potential languages that we can put it on and she's three right so i was like and she doesn't know what these words mean and i'm like we could put it on in french italian russian chinese german whatever and just because she was hard-headed um she picked something like she just chose the last thing i said it might have been german or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh and i was like okay We'll put it on in there. And what I like to do is create as many win-win situations as I can. So if she chooses, it's like, kind of like, do you want broccoli or do you want cauliflower? Right. right? It's like a win-win, right? Yeah. So um, if, and she picked it and she picked it. She picked uh German or whatever, Swedish or whatever. She probably
0: realized, oh, it's probably better in English. At least I'll understand.
1: <laughs> but yeah. So that's what, that was my thinking. I was like, if she, you know, doesn't like it, then she'll go back to English. But if she does like it, that's another language that she resonates with. And that's cool. Like adding another language is always helpful. Mm. And she made it like 15 seconds. She's like, okay, English. (laughs) It's up to you. It's your choice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because it's like, I don't even know what the heck they're saying. Yeah. Put it back. That's so funny. Yeah. No, a lot of parents have mentioned TV being really consistent with that um being fun I know um one of my guests Yoshito has a book and I was just reading through it the other day because it's it goes by like the age of the kids like things that you can do that are fun games but like it gets harder and more you know more writing because his his focus is reading and writing being literate in the language and his languages are Japanese French Korean those are the home language so like Oh, that's so scripts cool. right like his wife's korean he's french japanese so they really do need a lot of practice they can't just pick up spanish because they know english already right like the the languages are not the same script um but he also is releasing his second book and i was watching a live with him and he mentioned this this 20 80 rule which i've heard applied in so many contexts right like eat well 80 percent of the time and you can kind of you know eat some some more uh like junk food or you know stuff that's not super healthy 20% and you'll still be fine like you know the moderation um and he said that about you know make it the game has to be like 80% fun but like there could be like 20% where they have to write or they have to read in order to play right like there is some sort of underlying lesson going on but like they don't really know it like it's hidden by this 80% fun that's going on And I just, I was like, oh, yes, that's like such a good golden rule, the 80-20. That's a good
1: application for the 80-20
2: rule. Yeah,
0: I I love it. And I actually made, my son is five, so he's in kindergarten. He's almost six and he's, you know, learning to read. And so this year for Easter, I made a scavenger hunt because it was like, okay, I'm actually going to take the time and like super simple, but it was like, look, you know, under the table or like it's where you throw things. We have this little like ledge from the second floor where you can, it's like a, the staircase, but basically they throw things down the stairs from that ledge. So I was like, it's where you throw your toys or just like really simple sentences, but like he had to kind of read it. And he told me if he was like, just read it to me, you know, like he was kind of getting tired at the end, but it was like enough, like there was like that 20% of like, he, he did have to kind of figure it out. And then, but like mostly it was just fun and running around and finding eggs and finding clues and then finding their little Easter basket at the end. But yeah, um, so I was just thinking like that, the fun aspect is so important and following what your kid wants. You know, if right now my kids are into Pokemon and like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, go all in, let's talk Pokemon, (laughs) but like whatever is the interest you know like we can't force on them like well no i'd really rather you talk about you know this that or the other no like you can't you can't be authoritarian like you're saying dictate what they're gonna do and what they're gonna like you can just give them these good options like well do you want to watch pokemon in in english or not watch pokemon
2: (laughs) dude
1: yes and um and leaning into what they think is fun and what they enjoy is such uh like it makes it so effortless and so easy because Mm -hmm. it's something they like anyway and by the way I don't want to say effortless meaning like like um
0: more on their part it's still effort on our part I feel like kind of
1: but if you do it right it doesn't have if you involve yourself I think that's like it's not like a set it and forget it model do you know what I mean oh man yeah right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have to be involved
2: yeah Yeah. it's like like
1: play video games with your kids Mm
2: -hmm. you know
1: um include things like little expressions yeah like uh it's your turn you know in whatever language you want to teach them Mm -hmm. you know your turn ah you win um i'm gonna win this time or um you know if it's a dice game you rolled a six or whatever Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any way that you can naturally include any of that, any of the target language into your communication, into your fun. And it doesn't have to be like domineering. Like, this is the rule.
0: Yeah. You have to
1: kids speak Spanish with each other. Mm -hmm. And one day, like Sophia saw like they were playing with some like English speaking kids too, like at the playground. And then she just tells me, "Daddy, uh, Dante and I decided we're gonna when we're with you, we're gonna speak English with each other." It's like that's a great idea. Awesome. They they haven't done that, and sometimes (laughs) I'll remind her. I'll be like, "Were you gonna speak English with each other when you're with me?" Mm. Yeah, but we're not doing that. You know, (laughs) like okay, it'll come one day, or or it doesn't, whatever. But um. But they
0: have this this big like they still have English. It's not that they, they have, have a zero level of English. Yeah. And I think that's the real key is that we have to let go of the the perfectionist, the hundred percent. You will yes. only speak, you know, if I want and my kids to speak French, you'll only language. speak French around me. And then I'm going to be super strict and mean about, no, like, yeah, yes.
2: <laughs> that's
0: not the way to win. You, you get yes. more bees with honey than with, <laughs> I forget that expression, but
1: yeah more flies with honey than with vinegar. Oh, I thought
0: or it was I thought it was bees.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
0: I guess well, neither have already them.
1: made honey, so I don't know if they would come to honey, true, yeah, but um, but yeah, so that like because I'm in a couple multilingual parenting groups, right? Mm. And there are some parents that like swear by this you know one parent, one language, I respect it, I think, and I don't know enough about it to be to talk one way or another about it. But I do know a lot of people, they kind of go too strict
2: Mm. by
1: that. You know, there are Spanish words I say, like as part of my language. And now my daughter corrects me, like instead of playground, I'll say parque. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Do you guys want to go to the parque?
0: Yeah, you You got the the Spanglish going on.
1: Exactly. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Things that, especially the things that I used since coming here, because I wasn't a parent in the United States, so uh, like yeah. just what it is like the wipies I say toaitas, yeah you yeah. know <laughs> and things oh, like that's that fine. um so yeah can you to I think we all
0: we all do that if I or at least I mean I think most of us are not 100% perfect I think a lot of us do mix and,
2: yeah, you, know, and you know but, but that's, that's what not what's like, projected
0: right? right that's not what's written on you know the posts on Instagram are all like do it this way, do it that way, be perfect. <laughs> it's a hundred percent. I'm like, Ooh, like I'm not a hundred percent, you know, or my kids aren't yeah. speaking back to me. Like, yes, they're understanding, you know, that receptive bilingualism, but they're speaking back, you know, they're using English between them, you know, all that stuff. Like, but yeah, it's to the reality in-
1: enforce it with like an iron fist or to enforce, like, like I was very, uh um, you know, again, I'll use the same words that I used, but I get a different tone from other. I was very intentional and very, I, I to enforce, they use the word enforce, you know, mm-hmm. in some Facebook post, to enforce that my kid only speaks English in the house because they're, you know, in another country. Right. And maybe their parents were not native English speakers. That's another thing. Like if your native language isn't your target language. Yeah. I think there's a, a need, and I think this is a human need, like the small man's complex. Like there you prove yourself aggressive and prove yourself and overcompensate. I right? feel like and, that
0: happens in so many areas too. Like any convert is like way more religious than like the people oh. born into the religion, right? Like yeah. they're like gotta prove that they're like doing it by the book, doing all the things, um, you know, with people who, yeah, if they're teaching a non-native language, like they are going to do it perfectly. Like they are not going to slip up. And yeah. like, we're, you know, if we're teaching our native, we're like, yeah, whatever. Like,
1: yeah. So. And that's just that it's that neat need to, um, to overcompensate. And I think non-native English speakers, especially with English, English is mm-hmm. a different animal too, because there's so much, there's a lot of pressure that yes. is involved with English. There's a certain level of elitism,
0: Yes, I just did a me. talk at the Polyglot Gathering and I have an um, an episode, a solo episode I'm releasing about non-native versus Native English teachers exactly to this point. And people, it was a discussion, so it, was, it wasn't it was like me giving a talk. It was just me hosting a room and people came and gave their opinions of like experiences they've had. And it was really interesting because I've never thought of it. I teach English as a native, you know, it's my native tongue and I teach non-native. I teach French, Spanish and Polish and it was so interesting because I, when they said it, I realized like, oh, my gosh, that's so true that when we teach a non-native language, it doesn't matter. It's just non-native to you. Right. So like a Spanish person teaching English or me teaching Spanish, we are more nitpicky and like we're more focused on like you have to say that right. You know, we're focused on the pronunciation. We're really focused on the grammar. Whereas when you teach your native language, you're just like, yeah, just keep talking. You're doing yeah, great. But even with my students, I feel like I am a little bit more focused on grammar, trying to help them, you know, because you're you're looking at it at such a different angle because you learned it. Whereas I never learned English as a second language. So I just want them to talk. And I'm like, great. You know, you live here. You're doing awesome. Keep talking. I understand you. And other students were, were nitpicking them more than me. Like one lady, she kept saying, pero, even though she was speaking English. She would, she would say the word pero when, instead of saying but, and she didn't even rec- like realize. And the other Spanish speaker from a different Spanish-speaking country was like, you keep saying pero. <laughs> she was like, I do. And then there was like, every time she said it, she called her out. She was like, pero, pero, pero. Ah. <laughs> and they were so much harsher to each other than I was just like, you know, uh, it's, it's fine. Koreans I understand.
1: said that all the time. They said it were you know, some of them said it was easier to speak to native speakers than Korean speakers because with Koreans... Korean English speakers they always felt that they were going to be judged
0: yep yep and same thing I heard that in Morocco that people don't want to speak French because they're like afraid to be judged by the other Moroccans who speak French better than them so they'll just like avoid it and speak in their dialect or speak in Arabic and like because I you know I went there and I speak French I don't speak Arabic I speak a little bit but it was like not enough to communicate and I was like why aren't they speaking to me in French and it was like they're afraid you're gonna judge them I was like I'm not even French y'all like (laughs) I'm not gonna judge you um but yeah it was like they thought I would judge them they thought I would overcorrect them so they were just not even and they were like yeah that's super common like they eventually explained it to me because I was like what is happening I was like we share this common language at French like why aren't you (laughs) yeah but that's very very Common and it's you know it's kind of unfortunate, but it's a, it's apparently international human trait that we have to kind of overcorrect and we have this superiority when we are very good at something and yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a, it's almost like if kids go to a new school and they're uncomfortable, they might act not like themselves. They'll mm-hmm. either clam down, clam up, and. Yeah and go in their shell or they'll like overcompensate and be super aggressive, super Mm -hmm. outgoing when that's not them necessarily, Yeah, you know, because they're nervous or they talk too much or whatever. I think that's human nature. Mm. And I guess like, like my main message, I guess what we're saying is like, if your target language is not your native language, you know, show yourself grace. And show your child grace. Mm. You know, um, language is meant to be a communication tool, mm-hmm. to be fun, to add color, to make it a fun part of your family culture. To mm-hmm. include this other language rather than like a rule set to follow.
0: Yes, yeah, I 100% agree. I back that message <laughs> 100%. So, in Spain, when will they take English? Will they be exempt? or will they take it or will they place into a higher level like when do they start my kids with... yeah like when does that start because i know it's, it's kind of different oh, they're I mean... normal
1: they they're in like they go to a school where they teach english um they teach natural science in english and they wow. have a few different english classes a week um wow and they're in normal classes yeah
0: so it starts from that young age. It's not yeah. like the U.S. where we wait till 13.
2: No, no. Ha- way
0: past the the prime. And then we're like, yeah. hey, let's shove this down your throat for two years. Yeah. That's, okay, that's, that's good. good
2: yeah.
1: And that's where most like non-native English countries in Korea was the same way. I had students that were like five years old.
0: Wow. Well, I honestly do think that is better. Um, and yeah, I wish I sure. wish the U.S. would get on board with that. Um, I think they are more and more little yeah little by little but it's definitely not the general public it's not the public free public schools uh offering that unfortunately and then you yourself are you teaching in a school or are you I'm mostly
1: now teaching when I teach I teach online like Mm. business English classes Uh
0: so So I don't really teach
1: me it doesn't teach you know kids anymore
0: that's nice although (laughs) when
1: I taught kids the age that I love teaching the most, and I might you know once I get more you know stable and have with this other mm-hmm. career path that I'm doing, take on some teenage classes. Yeah, um, you know, as a passion project, I love teaching teenagers. I love teaching them in the classroom, but also online, but mostly in the classroom,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because teenagers they are the age group that teachers generally don't like they steer away from they're intimidated by but they don't want to admit that they're intimidated but they really are they like um and kind of going back to what we said earlier when you're not comfortable with something you have to like avoid it compensate right strict or they you know whatever and um and teenagers they mostly they want to be understood Mm -hmm. like they need to be understood um. Just take time to understand them. If and they're and they're
0: finding themselves, yeah. which is a really fun phase, yeah, I feel like
2: they are. They are finding
1: themselves. That's such a great point. Like they're yeah. just finding. They feel so lost. Yeah, I and taught high school for five
0: it. years. I love. I like high school. <laughs>
1: yeah, more
0: than middle school and more than elementary. I did elementary as well, in, in France, and I was like, nope, <laughs> it's not for mm. me.
1: I like high school and I also like middle school. I used to not, but mm. because it's just like, once you understand like, and I mean that this, whenever I sound, say this, it sounds like it's insulting, but it's not, it's like teaching animals. It's a teaching in a zoo. <laughs> like, And once you
0: understand- it's so true. Yeah, because yeah.
1: they're raging hormones. They're lacking- They can't sit sleep. down.
0: They yeah. can't sit
1: down. They're lacking sleep because- Like their brains, their chemicals in their brains are racing late at night, Mm. so they can't go to sleep. Plus now they have like telephones devices all the time and then they go to sleep super late and they have to wake up early to go to school. So they're sluggish and tired. They, They go to a school where they're always a fear of being judged by everyone else because they're judging themselves. Plus they have these teachers yeah. that are intimidated, but it comes across as they hate them or they're hard on them. Mm. Um, but it's because the teachers feel bad within themselves. And- it's and such a hard age. Like their reasoning faculties, like some of them are there, some of them are not developed yet, Yeah, right? They have no like risk, like consequence, like their consequence reasoning isn't really developed, but the risk taking- uh, um, <laughs> parts of their brains as highly developed as so that and yeah. so in that way it really is like teaching animals and and once you understand that that at the end of the day they want to be loved they want to be accepted they want to be appreciated mm. and they want to be valued and they want to and- have
0: fun especially in a language class where we can do that it's not learning history or math it's like i would get them you know get up do this go to the board run around yeah. let's go four corners you know like i'll give you a sentence and you go to like, oui, j'adore, je déteste, you know, I love it, I hate it, like, get them moving, yeah. we would do races, like, we would do, like, all sorts of crazy things, because you cannot have 14-year-olds, a class of 30, 14-year-olds sitting in desks listening to you <laughs> talk about the present tense, you know, or something, like, yes, I know, it's, it's, like, a vivid memory when you say something like that, like, oh, like, it, it puts me back uh, in the classroom in front going of that back screen. To the classroom
1: right now, yeah, <laughs>
0: Um, I love teaching online. I teach online now too, and I'm like with adults, and I'm like, okay, it was a good experience. All my teaching experiences were very, you know, useful, uh, enriching.
2: <laughs> yeah, and maybe maybe yeah, I'll
0: I, go back to high school. Um,
1: but another thing that I like teaching teenagers, you know, take a break from like the adult because I teach adult business classes. Most of them pay to be there or the company pays to be there. Mm. Um, You know, we engage in fun adult conversations. We engage in, you know, like real communication, things like that. But the thing I like about when I taught like a teenage class a couple days a week is like they bring you back down to reality. It's easy when you have Mm. a group of motivated adults and you're having fun, you know, progressive type conversations Mm -hmm. to think yeah, I'm the best and then you go into a (laughs) teenage classroom and then it comes back to reality be like Jesse you have to be present now because they don't you know they're not going to say thank you and and I mean they will eventually you know what I mean but they're not going to be involved they're not going to want to like have a conversation they're not going to Like you got to be on your game.
0: It's harder, yeah, yeah. It definitely requires more effort. I also had the cell phones in a shoe holder because it was you got you got to get those out of their hands if you want any sort of engagement. It was like yeah. cell phones or on the wall them. or use them. Yes, we did lots of Kahoot and lots of um, what's the other one? There's another one that's a quiz thing, and we would yeah we would pull them out at certain times, and I would even use them to practice like numbers. I wouldn't show them because I loved the smart board. You could turn the smart board like off for a second and I would read out the number I had students come to my desk and read out the number and like you know when they're Spanish or French one it's just like you know one seven five but then I'd have them read it eventually as like seventeen fifty seven and then it would be like one thousand seven hundred fifty you know to like progressively make it harder and that was like the best way to get their numbers because we'd always have them what's your phone number you know, that's like the classic conversation for like practicing numbers, but like this was like every couple of days we would do a Kahoot and they'd have to understand the numbers because they want to get in, right? It's that in, that intrinsic motivation of like, if you want to play Kahoot, you got to understand when I'm saying sesenta y ocho or something <laughs> like, wait, was it seitenta or sesenta? And like, okay, you know, repeat it for you or have a student read it. They love to come up and read it. And then that was great because they were the ones who had to translate it. But yeah, no, I mean, cell phones are great. I think we need to use them correctly. Just like any technology, like you said, with putting shows on in the, the language you want your child to know, all that good stuff. It's just a matter of being, what's the word? Being- Creative?
1: Innovative? Creative?
0: It's like intentional. I think that's what I want to say. Oh, uh, yeah, yes. being it's
1: very
2: one intentional. One for the year.
0: Yeah. Because you could just put it on like, oh, okay, we'll we'll do this. We'll do that. But if you're not intentional about it, then there's no plan. There's no order and structure to like what you're doing. Like, okay, no, we're going to do it like this. This is the plan. Because you could really do anything you want if you're intentional about it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The thing about being intentional also is like really understand the intention of it. So if you're teaching a language like... It's easy. If you ask this to somebody, what is your intention with this? Well, to have them learn English, you know, um, but why
0: you gotta keep pushing. Why?
1: <laughs> why? Exactly. <laughs> what else? What else? And I, I do that. I have a, my day planner and mm. you might not be able to see this. And obviously the, the listeners mm-hmm. can't, wait. but I run, I draw a line down the middle yep. and on the left side, I have the what, and I posted this on actually my Instagram or my LinkedIn too. Okay. Um, On the link up to them, what Mm -hmm. do I have to do on that day? Like a few, like up to six tests, and then on the right side, the why, and it's Mm -hmm. like the deeper intention behind it. So, and it could be like, for example, this call, um, to why to provide value to the audience, things like that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just because I have it on my schedule, right? Um, Right, because I told her I would do it. (laughs) Because I told her I would do it, you know. or like going shopping. Oh, well, I just have to go shopping. Okay, well, what's your intention to buy mm-hmm. food? Uh, okay, but what? you have to go take your kids in there. Like, um, isn't there anything that you can do? Like have them help, mm-hmm. you know, um, have them put things in the car, have them, you know, be helpful, have them have fun um, to mm-hmm. manage yourself. It, my intention is to manage myself if they ask for candy you know rather than just like yeah. no i told you no don't you ask for you know anything when we go in the store like um mm-hmm. how are you going to manage yourself to not blow up right oh, so that might be an intention managing that's a parenting
0: the- yeah that's a huge parenting um topic right it's like yeah. the trigger like well why are we being triggered right it's not that our kid is purposefully doing this it's that like we need to work on <laughs> our own reaction to what they're doing they're just kids right like yes Yes. Having a bad day. And guess what? When I was a
1: kid, candy too. (laughs) Exactly.
0: They're not doing it to like get back at us or be like horrible to us or it's nothing personal. It's just, that's how kids are.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know that's a huge (laughs) topic for all parents, right? It's like, it is, it's more about managing ourselves and same with the bilingual parenting, right? Like I can manage, I can, meaning I can control what I do. I can control what language I speak to them in. I can't always control what language, like you said, they speak to each other in. that's out of my hands, right? Like, sure. I would love for my kids to like, always speak Polish or always speak French, but like, that's just not, that's not the reality. Right. So even if they are understanding me and answering me in English, I can still give them maybe the word that I would want them to say, but I like, I'm going to not ruin the relationship by being like, stayed in Polish. (laughs) I can say, okay, you know, great. Like, you want this or like, yes, you, you know, just repeating it in the language so that they hear it because it's probably the reason they're not answering in the language is that they're missing that vocab or they're just tired or they're hungry or they're not feeling it right now. Or, or there's it's a million reasons.
2: Sp- yeah, it's getting their habit.
0: It. Um, It's yeah. there's so many reasons, but like not being punitive, not being authoritarian like you were saying i yes. think that's really important is yeah because this should it, be a loving relationship this is not a business yeah. transaction um <laughs> this is our child and yeah, when be. they
1: are speaking that other language it, like you said exactly it could be a variety of reasons though like you said they might be tired they might be ha- habitually used to it coming exactly. out in that way that it's not like vindictive against you unless exactly. unless you do push hard on it. And then it will
0: be
2: becomes a push. You.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think uh, also one of my guests and friends, Mackenzie was mentioning that she's like, well, I speak 100% in French. And like, I recognize that he goes to daycare in English, he speaks English with his father, like she's, you know, the the one yes. parent, one language is like, I recognize that reality. So she just keeps kind of, you know, supporting him, keeps saying it in French and keeps, you know, she's like, well, I can control myself. And I'm like, yes, that's a hundred percent, you know, like that in life, that's the only person we can really control. And that's all these lessons are like actually bigger lessons, right? Totally. Just putting them in the bilingual parenting sphere.
1: (laughs) That's it. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's being intentional. Same thing with raising bilingual kids or same thing with uh, getting a new job, the same thing with getting a promotion or getting more sales in your business or getting whatever. You can't force it. You can't
0: force people to buy your stuff, right?
1: Yeah. And all you can do is control your own emotions, your own reaction, your own thinking, your own words, which are very powerful. And guess what? If you keep showing your children at least in my case this is what i've found mm-hmm. the more that you show them love and grace in your language the more they're gonna want to adopt more of that language to communicate with you in yeah like and 100%. and that's just it they're gonna want to and then that comes back to what you were saying earlier with that intrinsic motivation like if love is there and you're communicating that with love and Mm -hmm. they feel comfortable and they feel safe and they feel um they have that connection
0: like they're gonna want connection connection's huge yeah that's one of the big words that comes to pull out connection connection have you had a chance to to come back to the states with them have they visited family over here Sophia when she was two Oof! Yeah, um, that's a long time. So yeah, <laughs> and little—that's a little baby, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I do notice that we just started um, shared custody, mm-hmm. so they're a week with me and a week with their mother. Uh-huh. And uh, I have noticed that just that week straight with me, it's a big, big difference. Mm-hmm. It makes a big, big difference in their communication. Yeah. Before I mentioned the uh, the separation. And divorce, the going through a divorce. Um, you probably wouldn't have guessed that. Um, and we lead separate lives, and and Mm -hmm. she has a partner, and the point is nobody has it all together. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's easy so true. Kind of to go back to what we were saying earlier that it's easy to like make excuses and compare yourself like with language. Like with learning another language, Koreans, like judging other Koreans. Well, that's because they're judging themselves, really. Mm -hmm. But also like, and with talking with your kids at the playground, who cares what that parent thinks? You know, Mm -hmm. you're raising your kids to be bilingual. Um, Who cares what they think if I am in a divorce and they are still married?
2: Happily married. (laughs)
1: uh, That's just my point like yeah. who's to say they're happily married they might yes. be like we were like you know over very a year true. ago like in on the fringe and just have this silent tension throughout the house that yes. is just they're waiting to be bubbled over right um, who's to say they're happily married we don't
0: we really don't know that's we a very good point point. one and... of the
1: things that i'm um Working towards now is not so much bilingual parenting, but, you know, single parenting and helping parents in general, especially going mm. through a divorce. Like it's it's not always fun. I mean, it's not <laughs> ever fun, but fun. like it, <laughs> it can be healthy. The thing is also like you have guests on and their point is to show people how to, how to do it, right? So you want to show them the, like the best parts of it, the parts that will motivate them to. So they're going to share the highlights, you know, but that's not necessarily reality
2: you know Uh,
0: okay so before we end what is one word or phrase that you would like to teach us it could be in English because again you're living in Spain so you're raising your kids in English or it could be a uh, sentence in Spanish as you wish
1: yeah so when during our conversation I uh, had a moment when I realized what this answer was going to be and we've already gone over a few different phrases. Like if you want to teach your kids, uh, hai, which means I love you in Korean, like that's a cool thing. Um, mm-hmm. I love you very much in sign language. Um, mm-hmm. Although the audio listeners, we've described it a little bit. How yeah. To do it. The, the <laughs> crust, like the make a wish crossed fingers. You
0: cross your fingers uh, and put the other thumb with and pinky up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but the phrase, so that's a really great one. Mm -hmm. And the phrase that I realized that I'm going to share is that's a win because one thing it's like daily habits, right? Daily habits and gratitude is really big. I'm really big Mm -hmm. into gratitude. Mm -hmm. So before bed, you know, I ask the kids, what are you grateful for? And sometimes it's this game where they're like, when my daughter started it, she's like, oh, no. I was like, tell me what you're grateful for. She's like, I'm grateful for my family and, and everything. But she's like, I'm grateful for my family in todo." And <laughs> so she would say that. And so eventually I would be like, what are you grateful for? And I'd say, I'm grateful for my family in todo." You can't say it. And so then it became a race. Like, who's Who going to say it that? Faster. Yeah. And then my son started and like, that's just a thing. But
0: mm-hmm. another
1: thing we do, I celebrate wins during my day. It's mm-hmm. so easy to get to the end of the day, and be like, you you kind of forget what happened, and then the bad things that happen uh, kind of are highlighted in your mind, right? It's yep. it's easy to forget the wins. So getting in a habit of like celebrating wins, uh, and I do I have a whole it.
0: episode on that. <laughs> awesome, awesome, but uh, um, weekly. So you're doing it daily, which is a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Daily. Oh, so I,
1: in my evening journal, I write three wins that happened today, uh, and it's just three. It could be anything, like parenting related, job related, personal related, whatever, action related. Mm-hmm. I completed all of my daily tasks, yeah. you know, things like that. Um, and three wins that I want tomorrow. So that's mm-hmm. I three wins that I had today. Three wins that I want tomorrow. And uh, and then I asked myself a question, you know, uh, because the better questions you ask, you want a better life, ask better questions. I got that from Tony Robbins.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: um, so I started doing that with my kids. Tell me a win you had today. And uh, and then during the day, the trick is like during the day, celebrate when those wins happen. So I'll do that with myself. That's a win. And um,
0: a- yeah, it feels good. So what-
1: it feels good, right? Because mm-hmm. then you acknowledge it, even like a little, little thing. And so I would start celebrating with my kids and just different um, moments throughout the day when my daughter does something, when my son does something, when I do something, like mm-hmm. that's a win. And then they started saying that with different things. Yeah. Like, for example, yesterday, my my daughter, she still, and then here's a lesson for like parents, like she still struggles with like using the past tense for past stories. Or yeah. um, doesn't and don't. Dante, don't let me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Doesn't like, and she knows that it's just fossilized.
0: My kids to have their little fossilized.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so like the other day she used didn't in a sentence correctly. And then she's like, daddy, that's a win. And I'm like, yeah. that's a win. I like, I didn't even catch it. And she's like, I said Dante didn't instead of don't. And I'm like,
2: I that see. is a win, you
1: that's know, and celebrate it. Awesome. So I guess the expression to use is that's a win.
0: Yeah, it's that's very positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. that's great. Because I do, yeah, it's much easier to notice those errors. Like you mentioned with your daughter, um, my kids as well. They say, you know, daddy got this. And I'm like, daddy has, you know, it's not even that it's an error. It's just like, it It just sounds better, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> or um, what other one? They say the past they'll mix they'll do like a double pass like well he didn't ate he didn't went and I'm like no he didn't go <laughs> yeah, you know like yeah. those little yeah because English is hard like the more I realize and the more languages I study the past is just like one word in most languages you know and like why have we complicated it with like didn't go yeah. but, like I went and then the question I is went. did you go like wh- why do we do that <laughs> why do we make it so hard like teaching English is extremely frustrating to me because I I don't understand the grammar the same way I understand French grammar. Like it hasn't yeah. been made, it hasn't, I use it correctly, but it hasn't made sense in my mind yet. And yeah, yeah. I am taking a class to to perfect my like methodology of teaching English because uh, I have to, but also like, it's just, it's a different can of worms. You know, if like you're not used to teaching your native language, it's so different than teaching your second, your third, your fourth, whatever language. Um, you just didn't learn it the same. Yeah, your, because your you have brain. to become
1: aware of all the rules and exactly. explain
0: them. It's so much. It's hard. It's almost harder to like reverse engineer. Whereas in French, I just did it the same way that I'm teaching you now. Like, yep, this is the way I learned it. And this is the way I'm going to teach it to <laughs> um, you. Yeah. And it, yeah, I'm just not aware. So it does help when, let's say, your daughter points it out or my students would point out things to me. And I'm like, oh, Thank you for bringing that up because I would have jumped right over it. I don't. I also feel I don't know what's hard for them. Mm. French, I can immediately, or Spanish, you know, I can immediately like look at it and be like, that's going to be too hard for them. Or with my Polish, like I'm picking certain books because I'm like, that book is way too hard for you. I know exactly what's too hard. I know what the level, you know, like where they are, where what the level is. With English, I give them things I think is easy, and then they're like, this is. They struggle so much with it, and I'm like. Okay. I thought that was easy. Like, I have no idea what I should be assigning or like, what is at your level. So having those materials and those books, and it's just, yeah. it's, a, it's such a learning curve for me. Cause I'm, I've spent many more years teaching a foreign language to me, not my native language. Um, so <laughs> we can talk shop another time about that. Cause that's a whole nother issue. That's just, it's, I don't know, it's different. It's, uh, that's another
1: thing about like when people say it's easy for me because I'm teaching them my native language and it's yeah. like that's a perfect example about how sometimes it's not. You It's know? really not. No. It does have its advantages, but you also have your advantages. So I guess the main idea is like just to lean in to what are your advantages. Lean yeah. into that. And Do know that what's here.
0: tricky and what you need help with or what you need, you know, where you need to maybe ask the students or like, yeah know your weaknesses right like I know what my weakness is in teaching English I know what my weakness is in teaching Spanish and then I can support myself in those areas right like if I Mm -hmm. know I'm teaching Spanish to construction workers which is what I do right now they gave us my company gave us a book that's like construction vocab so that I can be more familiar with terms that I don't even know in English like I don't even know like jackhammer (laughs) like I don't if you showed me a bunch of like what exactly. the hell's a backhoe a exactly backhoe? <laughs> and like like i can i'm i'm learning them as i'm teaching but i'm like in my yeah. day-to-day life i don't use the word like crane and like sledgehammer versus like other types of hammers like it's just not my my vocab <laughs> so like even pointing them out i'm like i don't know which one this is what's the difference with concrete and cement like i don't know <laughs> Good
2: so one, yeah
0: it's just yeah everything has Right. Anything we go into, we're going to have like our strong points and our weak points. And it's just that being conscious of like where you are, where you're starting at, what you need to help you, um, I think is just majorly like you have a goal, right? Like to be very intentional. Like I want to teach Spanish um, to these English speakers They They need it for construction. OK, I know what my goal is now. I need to know what my support will be to help me achieve that right because i am the teacher so i do need to know something okay. but then they they teach me the construction and i just give them the word I'm like okay that word is this in spanish <laughs> yeah yeah and then formulate some grammar around it and it's boom great. there you have yeah. language but it's so fun cuz it makes them they're like in the teaching position of like well th- they tell me what the difference is between like soldering and some other i don't even know i'm like okay just explain it to me <laughs> yeah it's it's great though i think it's empowering which is what we also want to do with our kids is we want to empower them like i am not the authority here per se just because i'm the teacher or the parent like we're learning about this together like my kids know so much more about different topics like pokemon or you know what have you so like let them teach you you know let them guide and then you just like kind of help along the way And then you know what
1: else our kids know more about than we do
0: life
2: <laughs>
0: how they, feel. <laughs> how they
1: feel oh yeah i think we we overlook sometimes you know um yeah. you know powered. i love that word that's what i use a lot in what i do it's empowering them you know my kids will i'll ask them spanish questions like how do you say that in spanish you mm. know um you know when especially when i say, no, i'm saying a word or a sentence wrong i'll ask them and that's that's gonna feel so good for them that oh, they're yeah. You know they don't think like we can get it on our own heads. What if they don't think that I'm? You know I know everything. You know, Um, you our know. Kids love
0: knowing stuff. They love being uh, right. They love yeah. knowing more than their parents. Yeah.
1: They get to show you something. They get to teach you something. That's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. And we didn't get into how is your Spanish?
1: Yeah, not as good as it should be.
0: Okay, well that's fine. That's fair enough. <laughs> hey, we all have our our same thing with my Polish, right? I mean. Yeah. fine (laughs) or even my Spanish (laughs) like I was saying I don't know all these words and it's fine I mean if as long as you don't need it that much right you're teaching English you can get around
1: the problems I never need it so like then when I go out and I do have conversations with Spanish people it's so like you know kind of basic Mm. and uh and it's just that like I never like my work this is in English I yeah. teach in English. When I do business, it's for an American company in English. In English right? When I write emails, it's in English. Everything is in English.
0: Mm. You know?
1: well, so I have to become more intentional with intention- learning.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, we have so much on our plates, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> we're parents, we're entrepreneurs, we're doing all these things. We have to work. We have to make a living. We have to buy the groceries and all the other things that being an adult entails. So yeah. it's yeah. fine. We're all... Yeah. At the oh, end of okay. the
1: day, I acknowledge it's excuses. I, I acknowledge that. And yeah. uh, I just need to, like, it's where I want to put my energy and focus. And um, it's, uh, apparently, it's not a priority for me. That, that's what it comes down to. That's okay. Apparently, not a priority for me. Yeah. But that's okay.
0: And you recognize it. And it's not, yeah. you know, if you do end up needing it someday more, you'll, that'll force, right? That need will force you to do a little bit more. But if this is this yeah, is like, like what you're giving right now, that's fine, right? Yeah. Because if you wanted to give more, you'd give more.
2: Exactly.
0: So yeah, I think we do need to just acknowledge that um, it's not always perfect. <laughs> that's it, it's a journey. It's a journey. Well, where can we find you, Jesse? if people want to get in touch? If they're like, ooh, I need business English or I'd love to practice my English more. Where can we find you?
1: Yeah. Uh well I'm starting to work I'm trying to work my way out of the English teaching so don't look for me if you want business English.
2: <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. Good to know.
2: But
1: uh I, my content mostly helps parents, empower parents and entrepreneurs to feel more empowered. And it's funny that you use the word empowering. It's my um you know, it's my belief that empowered parents raise empowered children. And even bigger than that, empowered leaders lead empowered people. Right. And so a lot of my content on Instagram, on LinkedIn is where I'm most active nowadays. Just Mm -hmm. my name, Jesse Sweet. Um, And it's about, you know, how to live conscious lives, because I think the best leaders, you have to be conscious. You have to be conscious of what you're doing, what you're thinking, how you're feeling and being able to adapt and adjust. So um, how to lead conscious lives, to live an empowered life, and to raise empowered kids, bilingual or not.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's that that model, that example we're setting every day with them, right? Like the thing that you, I loved, the, the sentence you gave us, right? That's a win because that is a positive, right? You're You're giving them this like positive idea so that we're not focused on the negative. We're focused on, hey- you know, it could have been, oh, I always say this wrong, but no, you're focused on the, the one time you said it, right. That's what we're focused on. Yeah. Right? So like, that's what we want. We want to keep moving forward towards great. You did it. You did it right. That one time, or you did it well, or you, you succeeded or you persevered. It was really hard, but you succeeded. And then let's keep that attitude of like positivity next time. We can do that again. Right. Not yes. focused on the bad. Yeah. I think well, that's What
1: appreciate it. appreciates.
0: Yeah. That's a great. Yeah, that's a great one. Well, thank you, Jesse. It's really it's been a pleasure. We could stay and talk all day, which we (laughs) we said from the beginning, (laughs) we knew this could be the case. I know. Um, But yeah, uh, hopefully we can maybe have you on again uh, for another episode sometime. And yeah, Yeah. keep us posted on all the business things. I will link up. You can give me all the the places and I'll link them so people can find you. And yeah, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure.